1: This is Pete Fletzer. On this episode of Around the Galaxy, we're going to visit with Lacey Gillaran of the Resistance Broadcast and Star Wars Newsnet. Over the next hour, we'll talk about female fandom, the RayLo movement, and what being a Star Wars fan means to her. So strap yourselves in, relax, and enjoy this journey around the galaxy. Welcome to episode number four of Around the Galaxy, the Star Wars Fan Talk Show. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to like, subscribe, share, rate, and review us. You know, all those things you're supposed to do for your favorite podcasts. We post a new episode every Tuesday, but please follow us on Twitter at ATGcast to see who's coming up and when the next show hits. If you're really into it, please feel free to visit our Patreon page at patreon.com/slash around the galaxy and feel free to make a little donation if you like. But that is not why we're here. We're here to speak to some great guests, so let's get started. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking some time to talk to me today. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. I I just got out of Avengers, so I'm a little depressed, but <laughs> hopefully talking about Star Wars will make me feel
1: a little better. We'll, we'll better. pull you right back into the, your happy place. <laughs> yes. So, I know who you are, and I think a lot of people listening will know who you are, but why don't you do a quick intro and sort of tell me why? what makes you a sort of a Star Wars super fan? <laughs>
0: They might know me. Um, uh, My name is Lacey. I am a part of the Resistance Broadcast, which is the official podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. I do it every Monday and Thursday with John and James. And I also do stuff sometimes for Star Wars NewsNet, whether it be their recap news shows from time to time um, or, you know, on-site coverage at events and stuff like that. So yeah, that's who
1: oh, I am. <laughs> awesome. So how did you how did you end up getting involved in the Resistance Broadcast? How long have you been part of that show? A couple of years now, right?
0: Actually, it's only that's been about a little, year, right? A year, yeah. So I've been a Star Wars fan for a really long time, but I didn't really get into the podcasting community scene until about March of 2018. Um, I was actually working for a company and we're looking for some advertising specific around Star Wars. So I'd reached out to um, John about running some ads on StarWarsNewsNet.com. We were talking (laughs) on Twitter and he was just like, oh yeah, you like Star Wars, right? I was like, yeah, I love it. And he goes, well, we have this podcast. Would you be, would you want to come on and talk about Star Wars? And I was like, uh, yes, of course I would love to. I had never been asked to talk about Star Wars. Um, I've always kind of been behind the scenes. So we found out that eventually John and I were only 20 minutes from each other. Oh, really? (laughs) This whole time, yeah. So bizarre. But uh, yeah, they had a call with me. It was me, John, and James. And it was kind of like this weird audition. I was like super nervous. <laughs> and uh, I just remember them asking me what I thought about Raylo and uh, where Star Wars is going and why I like Star Wars. And then I guess after that, they talked offline and were like, yeah, I think she'll be pretty good. And it's been kind of like light speed ever since. And here's where I am.
1: That's great. And do you, I mean, you both, you just recently were at. Um, At Celebration, you seemed to have like a front row center seat for all the great stuff that was going on. So that must have been kind of a thrill.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) I had a a fan ticket for Star Wars Celebration. I lucked out and got a VIP pass when they went on sale last year. So uh, that's why I had a very good seat, if anybody's wondering. But yeah, it was really amazing as a Star Wars fan to be able to be that up close and personal with some of the amazing content that they had. And then I also went to represent my podcast because we had a panel on the podcast stage on Saturday of the show.
1: That was great. So, how many how many other uh, podcasts were were featured during that week uh, during the week?
0: Oh my gosh, I feel terrible because I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> okay. it was about. I'm pretty sure it was about thirty five podcasts. Holy cow. Oh, so they were running
1: all weekend, I guess.
0: Yeah, so it was split amongst Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, ours was on Saturday, but yeah, I think it was about thirty five.
1: Wow, this is great. Mm-hmm. So, did you uh, did you, I? I You guys did a sort of a J.J. Abrams kind of prank on everybody. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: John's thing. John loves doing the J.J. calls, which I at first was like, this is kind of weird. I don't know how I feel about it. And then I was in the episode nine panel and J.J. comes out and he starts talking and he sounds just like (laughs) that phone call. And so I told John, I was like, "Okay, you win. Like, you got it because I didn't know J.J. talked like this. Like, I just never... Listen to tons of interviews from him i guess right. um so when you know that first like um hi guys um hi i was like oh no oh <laughs> no i'm never gonna be able to unhear this so yeah that is john's john's baby his brainchild
1: that's great that's a, that's, that's a lot of fun so how did you get into star wars you know it's uh, i'm always curious as everybody's get their own little at least first memory but how, how did you uh, make your way into the star wars fandom
0: yeah, it's kind of weird for me because my parents don't like anything like this. They're not really into, like, the pop culture stuff. They liked movies from time to time, whether it be Back to the Future or Jurassic Park. But a lot of my friends often ask, like, how did this happen when they're <laughs> pointing to me? Um It was second grade, and I was in. I'm from Connecticut, and I was at this store called Stu Leonard's, which is a very Mm -hmm. Northeast local store here in Danbury, Connecticut. And they had a movie section and they had the VHS box set, which the three original trilogy tapes made Darth Vader's mask. Right. And um, I said to my dad, What is this? And he said, It's Star Wars. And I said, I want it. And he Mm -hmm. said, Okay. So it was kind of history ever since I put that first tape in and I was hooked with the idea of this young guy who came from nothing to end up being the hero of the galaxy. And it just that, that message of I'm a middle child. So I okay. have this like feeling of like, I need to stand out a little bit. So when Luke Skywalker came <laughs> along and was like, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be the hero. I was like, hell yeah, I totally <laughs> want to be the hero. <laughs> so I think that's kind of why it stuck with me, but yeah, it's been history ever since I've always... Always like Star Wars, I used to pretend I was going on missions for Leia and all this stuff, yeah, I've always liked it
1: oh that's cool so when you were in second grade mm-hmm. uh, as uh as as a girl who was into star wars i don't i yeah. don't want to, I don't want to start in that sort of awkward oh, no girl thing but no worries, no worries. Uh, how did that did that play out at all? did you see any uh were, were you did you have other girlfriends who were into star wars? How did that work out for you?
0: I I don't want to be a total, like, cliche and say, oh, I've always had guy friends, but I kind of always have. Right. I've had girlfriends from time to time, but I've definitely always connected with guys, especially about Star Wars and other things like Marvel and DC Comics and stuff. And right. it's been awesome that over the past five to ten years, I feel like women have embraced these kind of geekier pop culture sides Openly more, because growing up, I don't think it was the cool thing to like it. Like, I used to come home and watch anime, and, like, you wouldn't really say you liked these things because it was not really seen as cool. But, like, now it's the cool thing to like them, which is so fun. Um, But, yeah, I, I didn't really see anything as, like, oh these girls connected with me because of this. I usually, it was me and like a bunch of guys running around pretend we're shooting each other with like blasters and stuff.
1: (laughs) What do you think has opened the door over the last five, 10, 15 years to, uh, to, to make sort of fantasy culture? I sort of lump star Wars and game of Thrones and comics into its whole fantasy genre. What do you think, what do you think has gone into, to making it kind of cool for, for, for girls and women to be into it?
0: Absolutely. I think that people, people, I think women and girls have always been into this stuff. They just have never really talked about it. Um, (laughs) it, At least in my experience, people might have other experiences, but I used to work for Read Pop, which does like New York Comic Con and C2E2 and Emerald City and Star Wars Celebration. And Mm -hmm. there was a definite uptick from the moment I got out of college to now. So that was around probably like 2012 where it was like, all of a sudden, everyone's going to Comic Con. Everyone mm-hmm. likes Marvel. Everyone likes DC. Everyone likes Star Wars. Star Wars is back. Like, there was this big uptick in pop culture and stuff like this in comics. Right. Um, and I think it has to do, honestly, with Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. and Marvel and those movies being so impactful to the culture of the the people that were growing up at the time mm. um that it's caused this big explosion of cult, like pop culture um i think also social media has definitely helped with that because in the past I would even say five years, social media has gone in a direction that I could have never imagined, where it's connecting people that like the same things that didn't normally have a place to constantly talk about things 24-7.
1: Right. You know, it's it's interesting through some of the conversations I've had mm-hmm. on the podcast here, It's I, I'm finding that – and it'll be interesting to see what happens a generation from now, but there's um, – there's a common theme among Star Wars fans like you and I, who are just sort Mm of all in where at some point in our lives, we had our small group of friends that were into Star Wars, whether it was one, two or 10 guys and girls that that all (laughs) got into it, but Mm -hmm. we all kind of believed we had this special thing. And then the internet exploded and suddenly we were like, wait a minute, every, there's a lot of people in this club and, Mm -hmm. and it has, it's, it's been sort of almost, I don't know if liberating is the right word, but it, it, kind of is. It makes you feel like, hey, we're not alone, guys. There's a lot of us out here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I've i said for the past couple of weeks, it's been kind of an emotional ride for me with the panel and everything, especially Star Wars Celebration. I've been to previous ones. I've been to Anaheim, London, and Orlando. Mm. But this one specifically, going as a fan and then going with Star Wars Newsnet and the Resistance broadcast, um, there was a, it was a change for me. Because I had been so active in the community to be there and have people be like, Oh, you're Lacey from this. It was very overwhelming because for a long time in my life, I've always tried to find where I fit in. And despite what people believe, it doesn't mean that you're going to figure that out in your teens or your twenties. Cause I'm now in my thirties and I'm just kind of figuring it out, but I feel like we're all kind of figuring it out along the way. But, uh, I finally feel comfortable in a space where I have people that are awesome, and they're my support system, and they love what I love, and I wouldn't have had that 10 years ago. That's right. um, But at the same time, I wouldn't change anything. I would still you know, live my life the way I've lived it because it ended up here with these people. Um, and the belonging that I found with Star Wars specifically, uh, I'm just so thankful, and I wouldn't change anything about it.
1: That's great. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. interesting, too, because—so my—I won't give my full story, but I ended up working for, with Star Wars Galaxy magazine through mm-hmm. a couple of twists of fate, then ended up—that started with uh, my father and a couple of friends of his started a Star—what uh, they call it, the Amazing Science Fiction and Horror Trivia Game, nice. and and it was a board game just at the end of the life cycle of board games, right, just as digital starting <laughs> right. to take off. Not right. the best timing, but— I did end up going to. It was the first time I was exposing myself to conventions, mm-hmm. uh, science fiction and comic show conventions, and it was the women that were there were either with their boyfriends and sort of tolerating it, or completely over sexualized. Right? It was the you know the the bikini wearing yeah, armor, babes, yeah, right, and. And now I went to uh, uh, I don't go to a lot of shows, but I went to one couple about a year ago and uh, it was a totally different world. It was Mm -hmm. it it didn't matter. And I'd love your take because you were at Celebration. I was unfortunately not. I I lived vicariously through Twitter, through everybody, but (laughs) it it was my take that it it looked like it might have been close to 50, 50 men and women. From what I could tell,
0: it was definitely 50, 50 men and women. There were, there were a lot of my ladies walking around the show floor and in the panels and dressed in cosplay. Um, It was very different from previous celebrations where I'm always like, yeah, there's, you know, always a large amount of women at these events. Like women are building these fandoms um, and supporting these fandoms in ways that they have never done before. But this one specifically, yes, there were a lot of women at this event.
1: That That's great. And what do you yeah. think? You think it's, is it, uh, this, this is a, a strange way to ask the question, but do you think it's, a success point or a proof point for the, the work on the part of Disney and Lucasfilm to make sure that there are stronger women characters? Or do you think it's just Star Wars has always been uh, accessible to women because of the type of characters that have always been central to the story?
0: I think that, you know, growing up with Leia, she was like my original hero, female figure in my life that I stood by from an early age of being like, okay, this is someone that's strong. She doesn't need to be saved by the boys. She can be on her own. She's running the show. Um And then followed by Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, that's what I grew up (laughs) with. So I always had those strong, I hate to say this phrase, but strong female characters in my life that I was just like, yes, that's what I want to be. I want to be like them. Um, But I definitely think that Disney and Lucasfilm have a priority of making their characters more diverse, more uh, welcoming and open to other backgrounds that people can connect with because at the end of the day, we're all in this world together, but we all have different backgrounds and stories and understandings of how the world works and it's such a boring story if you're telling the same thing over and over and over again and there definitely is this connection with ray there i'll never forget in 2015 when i saw the movie again which first of all i was like yeah star wars is back i've been waiting for this (laughs) um but the the moment in the theater I remember, I'll never forget this, the moment in the theater where he goes, Kylo goes to grab the saber and it flies past him and it flies into her hand. I openly screamed in the theater. I was (laughs) the only person that did it, but I didn't even care. It was such a moment that I had been waiting for my whole life. To see a woman pick up a saber like that in a a film. Um, You know, you see in the prequels, there are obviously a lot of female uh, Jedi and whatnot. But this was like, this is her story. She's the hero. And that's so important because it shouldn't be the same characters over and over and over again. That's so boring. And no one's ever going to connect with that. And not only that, it's hard to build empathy amongst each other if we're always caring for the same person. So, it's awesome to have all these different characters, like Rose and Finn and Poe, and I think that the criticisms that people have about these characters are that they're unsure of how to connect with them, but at the end of the day, the baseline is there of human emotion. So, if you can't connect with that, then I don't know what to tell you, because these (laughs) characters are really feeling something, and they're all different, And that's what makes them great, because everybody can find their favorite character in these new movies, whether it's Kylo or Ray or Finn or Poe. Everyone has a character that they connect with. But I love that about Star Wars. I wouldn't want it any other way than allowing these characters to be connected with.
1: I I love that. Now, one of the things that that sticks with me is clearly there are people who have uh, an agenda. And because (laughs) you're dealing with um a world of i don't know aliens talking robots <laughs> men and women and you're going to focus yeah. right <laughs> right there's there's magic here and you're going to complain about uh some sort of uh social justice agenda that you're trying to apply to it doesn't make any sure, sense it's, sure, but sure. it's it, it's it is it's great and for me i have a uh, i have a 9 year old daughter and a 6 year old son and my 9 year old daughter just she leached onto ray so quickly and identified yeah. with her and made up, you know, she ran upstairs and she made up her own Ray costume. And she, she asked her mother to do her hair like that. And she <laughs> had somebody that she could care about, which was so great. And it was funny. I looked at it and, and I was like, that's kind of the way I was with Luke. Like Luke was, I, I was able to connect to him. I don't know that my daughter would have connected with him in this same way. Uh, but, <laughs> She she got all in on, on Rey, Ray and it was just so cool and and now she's you know she's so into she can't wait to see nine the trailer when she saw Ray flip over the tie she was like that's awesome so
0: yeah right it's so, one of those things that you know even growing up I love Princess Leia but she's a princess so you're like well I'm not a princess Ray literally says in the movie multiple times I'm no one I come from nothing. Yeah. And then she does what she does. So every girl can connect with that where they feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm not worthy of this, but it's like, no, you are the hero of your own story. You can take on the bad guys and hang with the boys and be stronger than everybody else. You just have to believe in yourself. And I think that message with Ray, no matter who you are, you can connect with.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think the amazing thing is done right. And I think they are doing it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys can attach to that as well. It it becomes genderless. It becomes, Hey, there's somebody. And I think, you know, broom boy is sort of a way of reminding us of Mm -hmm. of that. And it's kind of a, it's telling this really kind of unique and interesting story from, uh, from a perspective that it makes it easier for other, anybody to, to, uh, to latch onto, which is, you know, part of that Star Wars magic. And um we just have to to hope it it keeps winning, true, you know, and coming out. Right. Um, so you've um, you've had a number of really interesting Star Wars experiences, I imagine. But what's what's one that sticks with you that um, that's that you would sort of put up there among your top experiences in the Star Wars universe?
0: Star Wars experiences. I mean, celebration is fresh in my mind; it just happened. So right. I have a lot of experiences from that, and like being with John and James all weekend. We. Had never been together in one place before. So that in itself was very memorable and just hanging out with them was really cool and meeting new people. Um, Star Wars experiences. In 2015, when Star Wars was back um, and I was working for Star Wars Celebration, I was doing the social for them. I was in the panel for TFA and I'll never forget when uh, Anthony Bresnikan played the trailer Mm -hmm. and the reaction people had. It was similar to the rise of Skywalker this year because people were so excited and we hadn't seen anything and we were like, JJ, please give us anything. But that excitement of star Wars being back can never be beat for me. There were grown men crying, um, (laughs) adults screaming, hugging. Like it was just such a moment. There was about 30 seconds of like pure energy and love for something in one room that like, It didn't didn't matter who you were. There wasn't a dry eye in the house because everyone was just so excited. And especially because being on social, sometimes it can feel very negative that being back at an event like Star Wars Celebration this year, you're you're reminded that we're all in this. We all connect with this. We all love this. Put your negativity aside and just have fun with it. It's not real. This is our escape. It doesn't have to be serious. Just have fun. Um, The other fun memories is I have, I, I love Mark Hamill. I'm um, obviously a big Luke Skywalker fan growing up and I met him in 2015 at Anaheim backstage. Cause I had to take a picture and I remember I was trying to play it cool. Like I didn't care
1: because <laughs> you
0: know, you don't want to be that like girl that's like, Oh my God, you're my hero. Right. Uh, so I'm like, I remember I was standing there and they're like, okay, we're just going to get Mark to take this picture for you. And they're like, Oh, this is Lacey. She does social. And Mark was like, Oh, you're you're amazing. I follow you on the, the social for the page. I was like, "Oh, thank you so much." And I'm like s- s- like swiping between screens on my iPhone acting like I'm doing business. I'm like, right. "Oh, yes, business." No, that's, that's I'm cool. literally <laughs> switching between menus. And I remember uh Matt Martin was standing next to me and he's like looking at me, looking at my phone, then look back at me and I'm like, yeah, I'm faking it. Don't worry about it. It's just happening. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but then years later in 2017, I went as a fan and I was in the airport and I had Ray buns in and I was wearing a Lucasfilm sweatshirt. I had my Ray boots from Posey on and I was going home and the attendant in security comes up to me and goes, so do you like Star Wars? <laughs> and I, and I looked at her and I was like, Yes. Yes, I do. And she goes, well, I don't want to like make a big deal of it, but like that guy's over there from that movie. And I look up and there's Mark Hamill in the next security lane. And I was just like, oh, Mark Hamill. And she goes, yeah, whatever that guy. And I was like, okay, cool. So being kind of trained to not bother people because they're you know they're human too they're just trying to do what they need to do right. i got through security and then got on the terminal like train in orlando to go to my gate got on the wrong one because i was so like oh my gosh there's mark hamill <laughs> and came back and there he was signing stuff for people like standing outside security right so in my hand was the last jedi poster and i was like you know what I have a split second here to make a decision. Yeah. So I walked right up and I was just like, excuse me, do you mind signing this? And Mark looks up, sees me, sees my hair, sees my shirt, sees my sweatshirt, <laughs> sees my shoes. And he just kind of smiles at me and he goes, yeah, of course. And, and I then realized I don't have a pen. And I was just like, oh, oh no, what am I going to do? And I was like, oh, uh, and the, he just reaches over and grabs this other fan's Sharpie and he goes, who should I make it out to? And I was just like, oh, you can make it out to Lacey. And I'm like showing him my boarding pass. And in my head, I'm like, you can write whatever you want on this poster. I don't really (laughs) care. Like, this is amazing. So he's signing it. And the coolest part about it is, so he signs it. He writes love to Lacey on it. It's on my wall. Um, But the, the funniest thing about it is a day later, I wrote on my Facebook page, I was like, Thank you so much. That fan that came prepared. Like you don't even know what you've done for me (laughs) and the moment you created for me. And I appreciate it. Like, it's so awesome. I found the guy that gave me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The next day he's right on this. He's in the same group as me. No idea on on Facebook. And he was like, Oh, that was you. I was the guy with the Sharpie. And it was, like, one of those things. I was like, here's another example of, like, fans helping fans towards the same goal of just geeking out and loving something. And this guy never met me, didn't have to help me, but he chose to because I think ultimately, despite people's differences and thoughts on different things, whether it be Raylo or whatever, right? Uh, we all love this. so. Yeah. They're willing to help each other out and I'll never forget that that guy whoever you are I think his name is Mark you're the best
1: that's great you know yeah. that's, <laughs> it, it, is, it is true there's a, um, a, a a community that's so so tight and you know when when we were kids when I was a mm-hmm. kid which you know I'm, I'm a little bit older than you a little bit more than <laughs> a little bit older than you but when <laughs> I mean I saw it I saw Star Wars in the theaters when it didn't say episode four that's that's my right. but um <laughs> But yeah, when, you know, you, like, there's something about you, you can almost, you know, there used to be the, uh, there was a meme that went around that says, you know, you can judge a person by which Tim Curry character they associate with. Yes. And, and in this case, it's like when you're a kid, one of the People first... People better
0: questions- say Muppet Treasure Island. That's all I <laughs> gotta say.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I gotta go, I gotta go Pennywise. That's just my perspective. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. All right. We'll,
1: <laughs> we'll put that on the back burner for another day. But the, um... I my my best friend to this day the guy who plays drums in my band I've known him since 3rd grade the mm-hmm. second question I asked him was do you like star wars and like he did and Cemented our relationship, and, <laughs> and that was it, man. We've been friends ever since. And there's something about that. And as we were saying before, now that there's this amazing um, aw- ability to to connect through the internet, and I mean, I've made some great relationships through through Twitter and social people I've never met who I feel like I've uh, at least a uh, uh, you know not a creepy weird connection, but certainly a uh, you know we. If I was to meet them, I know that I'd be able to have a cup of coffee with them and it would be somewhat normal, right? So It is
0: the weirdest thing when you meet people online that you've been conversing with for over a year and you're like, oh, is this going to be awkward? Because there was a period in my life when Facebook was still only for college kids right. and there was this moment where you'd meet someone and you wouldn't know what to do. That is not the case with Star Wars fans. I can't even tell you. It was like hanging out with people I've known for years and years and years. Like everybody I met at Star Wars Celebration that I I talk to and follow on Twitter, it was just like falling in line with old friends that you haven't seen in a long time. There was no awkwardness whatsoever
1: that's amazing and did, yeah. do you think did, did you get any sort of um, sense of of being a rock star being at uh, <laughs> at celebration and I'm not I'm not trying to ask you to say man I'm awesome I'm, I'm and and boost your ego but I mean you you have a fairly popular podcast right and uh, you have a number of followers it was there any of that sort of at least a little bit uh, of rock star ability when you were there I mean I'm not Take that question however you like. But Right, right, right. Of course,
0: know. of course. So James in our, our podcast was actually in a band. He was in uh, the band Devil Wears Prada years ago. So he was actually uh. like a top 10 <laughs> rock star like <laughs> a couple of years ago. So he's kind of used to this attention. But going into celebration, I remember we were talking one night when we were doing prep for our panel. And the guys were just like, you know, what if people come up to us? And I was like, no one is going to come up to us. We are no one. We're like Ray. We're no one. We're just scavengers. We have nothing. There's no way. There's no way someone's coming up to me. And um, John made jokes about his hat. He wears this lame blue Rebels hat. (laughs) I always make fun (laughs) of him for it. And he was like, I'll just wear my hat. It's my brand. And I was like, no one's going to recognize your hat. Don't be weird, right? (laughs) So we get there on Wednesday before the show. And we're like, you know what? Let's go pick up our badges before we head out for dinner. And we were there for maybe 10 minutes and me stupidly, I was starving and I'm stuffing my face with like a soft pretzel (laughs) because I was so hungry.
1: And those are the best when you're hungry. Let's face it. You can't be the soggy, soft pretzel.
0: No, it was delicious. (laughs) Thinking about it, it's still good. Uh, So I'm eating this pretzel, like waiting in line to pick up my media badge or whatever badge it was. And, um... I'm getting tweets of people saying, I see you. I don't know if I should say hi. Hmm. I I see you. And I'm standing there like, wait, what? And in the span of like 10 minutes, we had three or four people come up and say, hey, I'm from the UK. Huge fan. Hey, I'm from Mexico. Huge fan. Hey, can I get a picture? And I was like, wait, what? Why? (laughs) And there was this awkward moment that I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Why? Why?" Um, But it's so humbling um that anybody would connect with anything that i say um cuz i just love people and gen- i'm like such a people person i love meeting people and making friends and i've always been this way so to have people come up to me and be like you know what i listen to you on my way to work every week and you make me smile or you are someone that i agree with and i feel like none of my friends agree with me but you do um People don't understand how much that means to me, and I got choked up in the panel talking about it because it's just such an emotional thing for me for people to be like, I I connect with you on this level, whereas, as we talked about earlier, my whole life I've been trying to find this space where right. I'm finding this connection, and it's only really happened in the past year, so it's been quite overwhelming. And people did recognize John for that stupid hat, <laughs> and he was totally right, and I put my foot in my mouth, and I was like, okay, fine. Um, but yeah, no, it was really, really awesome. And like I said, like super humbling, but yeah, there were moments where people were like, Oh, I'm so-and-so I follow you guys like crazy. Can I get a picture? I took a lot of pictures that weekend and I'm super awkward (laughs) and weird. So there was a moment of like, I don't know what to do with my hands from Bobby where he's like sticking his hands up. Like that's who I am as a person. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it
1: was Crazy. I don't... Isn't it? It's it's so wild. I mean, I I can only associate because when I was doing Star Wars Galaxy, mm-hmm. I, I did a talk at a... It was actually a Star Trek convention. Um oh. uh, Yeah, we yeah. have <laughs> Well, you got to remember, 20 years ago, there wasn't much Star Wars going on. In fact, there oh, yeah. was... There were people who that. There's a, a long story. That's how I ended up meeting Steve Sansweet because he was going to Star nope. Trek conventions and yeah. he was he was talking about the special editions and those were the only places where it was and people were reaching out to my website. I had one of the first Star Wars websites ever back in the mid early 90s. Yeah. And so yeah. so I called Lucasfilm and I'm like, hey, can you tell me where uh, Steve Sansweet's going to be? People want to know. And I talked to Steve. They put me through to Steve and I was like, oh, okay, well. And I ended up talking to him, and blah, 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 long story short, I ended up working uh, on Star Wars Galaxy, but I was at this awesome. convention, and um, at the end of my talk, I said, you know, I have a handful of the latest edition of Star Wars Galaxy magazine, and I'll be handing them out in the back, and mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. there was a line, and then like the third person in line asked me to sign it, and I was like, seriously? I mean, I'll do it, but okay." and then everybody in line oh, no. expects me to sign, it. and I it was so, I was like, you guys are going to be so disappointed when you realize that it's not that big a deal but it was it was humbling but again it was like people who were so into into Star Wars especially you mm-hmm. know 20 years ago just to have mm-hmm. that conversation and and to realize that yeah, they're reading your stuff or they're listening to you on, online and you're connecting on something that they care about. And that's super cool. That's that's something that's so powerful that you'll never, like, it's nothing you, you can prepare yourself for. And it's such a it's such a great opportunity and experience. So
0: Yeah, there was one moment that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I keep like, I, I feel like I'm a phony because I keep saying that, but this was definitely one of those moments where the week prior to Celebration, we had kind of like a quick Q and a in one of our episodes where they asked me like, if there's any last minute advice for people coming to the show, um, mm-hmm. because I worked for conventions. I did a lot of these. I went to a bunch of celebrations. If there's anything that I could help people out with. Um, Cause my big thing is like, I always want to make sure people are comfortable and that they're I'm being helpful because I do have knowledge of these events. Right. Um, so my advice was, and this could be rolled over to like any theme park concert, anything really mm-hmm. is in a multi-day situation Pick one thing every day that you definitely want to do, whether it's ride that ride, meet that person, buy that thing, go to that restaurant, mm-hmm. and then everything else is bonus, but just have that one thing you have to do. So that was my advice the week prior, and I'm at the panel. I just got off the stage, and people are coming up to me, talking to me, and this, this gentleman came up to me, and in my emotional craziness, I <laughs> believe his name is John, and it was him and his girlfriend. um, And he said, you know, I'm a huge listener. I love listening to you guys. I was like, oh, thank you so much. And he's like, I just want you to know, like, last week you gave this advice of picking one thing and not being disappointed and having one thing every day. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. And he goes, I just want you to know this is my one thing today.
1: Oh, wow. To come
0: here and meet you and support you. This was my definite had-to-do thing, and I just wanted you to know. I straight up started weeping like a baby. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I felt like all weekend I kept being like, can I hug you? And I am not a hugger. Like, my family will tell you. My parents don't hug me. We don't hug. It's not a thing. I found myself having this urge to just hug everyone I met because everyone is just so genuinely nice, so welcoming, so understanding that I've never had that anywhere else. I've never had people that just openly welcome my craziness and weirdness and uh, geeking out with them the way that I did this past celebration. It was just unreal. And I wish I could relive it over and over and over again. Like if I had to groundhog day, one part of my life, it would be that and I'd be okay with it.
1: That's awesome. That's yeah, yeah, that's so great. That is really good. (laughs) Um, so I I wonder how many people connect with you though because of your leading the charge on Raylo. I can't, (laughs) I I can't not talk about Raylo with you.
0: I'm I'm (laughs) only laughing because, so for a long time, I've been a Raylo fan for a while. I, the idea behind it is that it's kind of. Pride and Prejudice-ish. You have two characters that don't really get along, that kind of hate each other at first, that don't really understand it. You know, the enemies to lovers type trope where they're like, we hate each other. But then you're like, but do you? Don't you kind of want to make out? <laughs> like, it's kind of like one of those things. And then Last Jedi happened and we were like, okay, Ryan Johnson, we're on to you. Um, yeah, no, it's been one of those things that I've always kind of supported. and I And I liked the idea of it because I Deep down, well, not deep down, openly love Ben Solo. He's my favorite character in this series. I think I started liking Rey in the series, and by Last Jedi, I was like full Ben Solo, full Kylo Ren, because I want the son of Han and Leia to figure it out. Yeah. I want him to get his stuff together by the third one and like be a good guy, because what kind of statement are you saying, which I don't think Disney or Lucasfilm would ever do, which is, You know, this is the legacy of these original trilogy characters that have been basically part of my life, my entire life. Uh, Their legacy is just going to be a bad guy. Like, how depressing is that? So, like, you want to see him come back, and he clearly didn't come back with his dad. Oops. Uh, Didn't, his mom couldn't bring him back, maybe, hopefully, maybe in the next movie. But with Ray, he has this connection with her where it's like he's never had this sense of belonging, of... uh, You know, he probably grew up and was super awkward based on what people have said in the books and kind of behind the scenes that he was, like, unsure of this power he had and this darkness was preying on him, which now we think it might be Palpatine, which is crazy. Yeah. Um. And then he gets shipped away to go hang out with Luke, and then Luke's like, oh, by the way, you're kind of evil. I'm going to try to kill you <laughs> while you're sleeping. Yeah, that's and a rough, then he, rough
1: time for any kid, I think. Right. And
0: there's <laughs> this this connection, which Ryan Johnson said so well, which is like, it's kind of like that anger that comes with adolescence, where your parents don't understand you, no one gets you like, mom, you don't understand me, go to my room, like that kind of stuff, right. where yes, he's done terrible things. I am not excusing those things, and I think that's the first thing people jump to, is like, he murdered Han. Yes, it's terrible. Yeah. But, in the character arc of things, in the fake fantasy world, people have come back from worse. Yeah. So, um, that's the idea I like, is that Ray has no one in her life, and she's searching for this belonging, and he's searching for this belonging. So, it's kind of like this weird, tragic, romantic thing that they could end up together. Now, To be fair, if they don't end up together, it's not the end of the world to me. I just want Ben Solo redeemed. That is my number one that I really, really want. But even if that doesn't happen, it's Star Wars. It's not my story to tell. So I'm sure I'll love it no matter what it is. Um, But the whole Raylo thing is interesting because I haven't really talked about it until recently because... Mm -hmm. For months and months and months that I've been on the podcast, they asked me, that was like the first question they asked me is what I thought about it. Um, And we never really talked about it because every time it's brought up, and I'm sure you see this online, is that it takes over the conversation. Yep. And there are so many conversations to be had about Star Wars and so many cool things you can break down and so many characters to talk about. I just don't want to talk about Raylo all the time. Like, I love to geek out and uh, get a little deep in the thirst for right. <laughs> Kyle rent, but I don't want to go crazy about it all the time. I think there's so many other things to talk about. But, and I find that as soon as you bring it up, especially with celebration, I felt like the media kept bringing it up over and over and over again. Like, yeah. they were kind of beating it over the head, over the head with it. But, um, Yeah, I didn't say anything for a while. And John keeps joking that, you know, celebration was my like coming out as a Raylo party because (laughs) I didn't really say anything until recently when I found that people were kind of discrediting um, the fangirls. And I don't mean this as a condescending term, fangirl. I mean it like the women that are taking this on and they're on Tumblr and they're writing fan fiction and all this stuff. They, if you go online and look at Old stories written by these women and their art and their ideas and their thesis papers that they write on Tumblr. Right, A lot of them got The Last Jedi right and have gotten a lot of things right about Star Wars so far, specifically with Kylo and Rey. And I can't help but get a little annoyed lately when I see kind of like bigger personalities or men that are now bringing Raylo up. When they right. originally didn't and they mm. kind of said like, oh, that's stupid. Why would, why would we think about that? Like, that's weird. Why are you putting them together? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if right after this interview, someone goes, you know, what? I kind of like Star Wars. I'm going to like it. That's right. awesome. It doesn't matter when you became a fan. Um And it doesn't matter how you engage with it, whether it's writing fan fiction, doing art, making pins, uh, reading the books, watching the movies. It doesn't matter how you take in the fandom. You can just be a part of it. And I feel like the Raylo thing is a lot of people that like the idea of them being together, which is fine. And that's how they're engaging with it, which I think is really cool. You're welcome to do that any way you want to. But the people that have discredited those people and then they're coming out and saying, oh, did you guys hear about Raylo? And everyone's like, uh, where huh. have you been for two years? Because as soon as he put her in that interrogation chair, a lot of people were like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, I- but yeah, it's one of those things that it's a, it's a tricky, they're tricky waters to my, swim in. <laughs> my biggest
1: concern is about the Reylo thing. And I, I, it's funny, there's, there are, you know, just like there's people who are militant about hating The Last Jedi, which is something I can't understand at all. I, uh, I mean, it, that's kind of, I'm overstating it. I can understand it. I just don't agree with it at all. <laughs> Maybe sure, sure. Wrong. Sure, 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 Um But I, I, the people who are so so hooked on it and it needs to happen if it doesn't happen in nine the way they wanted to i i hope it doesn't ruin their um their love of of the storyline that's been so delicately crafted and put together and so and you know it's a fair thing i i the guy who edited uh my my novel he and i mm-hmm. talked a lot about mm-hmm. um when i was as we went into the Last Jedi, I had I had built my own story in my head. Here's what's going to happen. That's going to be right. this and that and this. And of course, none of it happened because none of us got <laughs> Ryan Johnson's story it's right. it's not our story, yeah. <laughs> and and he was like, "Are you a little disappointed that your story didn't happen?" I'm like, "I think I am." And I wasn't like as militant. A, a, to use a really poor word for that, but I wasn't as strong about this Raylo stuff as some people. Like it, there are some people online who take it uh, to an extreme. If you question it or if you pose a question about it, some people are, most people, 90% of people are willing to say, yeah, but this is why I think this. And you're like, all right, that's cool. I see your point of view. I still right, may or right. may not agree, but right. but there are, there are some people that just get so hooked on it that I, I get, I just, I hope that they can make it through whatever comes out by the time we get to the end of, uh, December 20th with that story.
0: Yeah. I think we live in a world right now where people can take in content 24 seven at all hours of the day. And they're, you know, reading posts and looking at tweets and looking at images and videos and all these things that they make, they create this personal connection. That's so extreme that they just don't Want to see it any other way? Right. Which I kind of understand, um, but not just with Raylo, but with any kind of Star Wars argument. My problem is when people take an argument or something that they think is going to happen, and then disregard logic and/or character <laughs> development to make that true. Like, oh, this is definitely going to happen because of this one handshake at this moment or this one sign, this one line means this. That's not necessarily true, but as long as everybody kind of respects each other and is just open to different ideas and, and being respectful, that's yeah. where I'm okay with it. I mean, a couple of weeks ago I had a guy, <laughs> I had a guy, uh, reach out and, and kind of like dragged me on Twitter and said mm-hmm. that I wasn't a fan. And he sent me, um, a list of 10 things that I needed to, cause I said like something about the last Jedi, which I was like, Oh, I love the last Jedi. And he wrote back and he was like, Oh, can we talk about it now? Naturally a normal person would say, of course, what would you like to talk about? And he responded with a (laughs) 10 page essay on why the last Jedi was terrible and how I needed to basically debunk his thoughts of what the last Jedi was. (sighs) So my response immediately was like to laugh. Because I had someone ask me actually at our panel, like, how do you handle that kind of stuff? I just laugh it off because generally speaking, it's because someone else, whoever's the person that's directing this anger at you, I promise you, like, generally, it's not about you. It's about something else, and they're bringing it out on you because this is their medium of therapy, which is not healthy, but that's what it is. So when this guy's going off on me about The Last Jedi, I just responded and was like, okay, do you want to have a conversation or do you want to quiz me? Because what percentage of my grade goes to my final grade? Like, should I call my parents? (laughs) Is this going to be on the final term paper? Like what's going on? (laughs) So then the guy came back and said something along the lines of like, uh, you're not a real fan. You probably only became a fan after 2015. Um, and you only liked it because you like twilight or something like that. Right. (laughs) Which is crazy to me because first of all, Twilight is Twilight. I don't think it's great. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> However, the people that like it, that's cool. That's their thing. They like vampires. Sure. It's a romance novel. Like, it made so buckets, buckets of money. Right. So you can't disregard the success Twilight had. That being said, I have been a fan for a really long time. And I wrote back to this guy being like, "Uh, I've been a fan since second grade. I'm on a podcast. I do stuff for the, you know, the website. I talk about it all the time. Like you should see my collection. It's kind of obscene. I've spent way too much money on stuff, but (laughs) at the end of the day, like I don't have to prove anything to you. And I don't know when it came about. I feel like it was, I feel like when the, the comic con thing kind of took off this term of like, not a real fan came about. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when that came about, but that's never been cool. And it's always bothered me, even when I used to run social for these Comic-Cons, when people would say, oh, well, you're not a real fan to someone. Right. Because like I said earlier, like if someone listens to this interview and goes, you know what, I'm going to check out Star Wars. I've never watched it. That doesn't mean they're not a fan. That right. means that they're a new fan and come on in. You're welcome. Like come to a, come join us, be on yeah. our team. One of us, one of us.
1: <laughs> um,
0: it just it drives me nuts when people say, "Oh, you're not a real fan," because I think the the term fan has morphed into this bigger thing than what people originally thought the word fan means. Yeah,
1: I think it comes to you know, there's there's you could always go down the fanatic line and a lot <laughs> yeah. of those, but or
0: Stan, yeah,
1: right, yeah, and and it's it's interesting because. You know, I've I've always been into music and the bands that I've been into, I, I've, I've been into Rush and I don't know, that's sort of a nerdy band, but like there's this sort of ownership <laughs> of Rush. And there was even like that uh, for a while, there was like when Metallica got popular, people were mm-hmm. like, ah, you can't, you're not really a Metallica, Metallica fan. And it's like, no, it's actually, it's okay. If you got into them recently, it's totally cool. And, and I think it's, there's certain, there's a certain personality type and. Where it's you join it and we talked before about it, it's like this little club that you and your friends had, and when right, you find out right. somebody else is in it, if they weren't in it as long as you, I feel like maybe they feel like um like you came late to the party. And those are people that don't know how to party, right? If you come late to right. the party, <laughs> let's enjoy it together, right? So
0: Right, absolutely.
1: That's a, that's an interesting point of view. I love it. So there's a ton of Star Wars content coming out over the next I was I was going to say end of this year, but even there's kind beyond, of too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're there. There's the the commentary about Star Wars Overload, and I think actually, I I really commend Disney and Lucasfilm for the way they're doing it. It's coming out in different pieces, and as much you can take in as much or as little as you want. Like I right. I as a writer, you would think I read more of the books than I do, but I I. I don't, I just don't keep up with that. Um, I don't
0: either. Don't, don't feel like <laughs> there's just, so many. Here. I just
1: can't. There's I would love too. to. Yeah. I just, I just can't do it. But, um, what of all the content that you saw presented at, 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 celebration and things that, that we know is coming, what are you most looking forward to?
0: Oh man. I mean, obviously episode nine, we'll just move that aside. Cause that's something that's pretty right. obvious. Um, you know, I am not a huge Boba Fett fan. I've always stood by that he's kind of overrated. <laughs> and I apologize to someone who's probably listening to this going, no, why? It doesn't discredit your love for him. Right. I just personally didn't get it. Um so when the Mandalorian got announced, I was like, "Oh man, Mandalorian!" Like I don't want to watch this show. <laughs> After seeing the footage and the love and care Dave Filoni and John Favreau put into the show, it's unreal. This show is gonna be ridiculously awesome. Um, it's such a callback to the original trilogy, and it's like John Favreau's love letter to Star Wars. It's it's yeah. a it's beautiful for everything that I saw from it. Like they showed sizzle reels and behind the scenes of like how they shot actual models of ships again, which to me, I love the practical stuff. It, it, it makes me so happy when things are practical and not CG. Cause I think nowadays everything is CG and it drives me nuts because yeah. the my favorite things were like in Jurassic park, the triceratops, that's actually breathing right. like that stuff to me is so cool. And it made me get into film and, and video production in college. Like that's why I majored in that. So, um, I'm excited for that. I'm actually super excited for Jedi Fallen Order. I used to play video games a lot more than I do now. Um, I was really into Halo when it was big, like Halo 2, Halo 3, Uh and Call of Duty as well. So, I haven't really gotten into video games since then, or since Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Uh, They just finally released Kingdom Hearts 3. I've yet to have a chance to play it, I'm not going to lie, but uh, that's something, again, that... I really got into, but this video game is the kind of a Jedi story fantasy game. It's not a first-person shooter or multiplayer online battle game like Battlefront. And Battlefront's all good and fun when you're playing with your friends, but it gets boring after a while for me because it's like, okay, it's the same thing. I just need to run over here and beat this guy
1: up. Yeah. Whereas I I love the storyline on Battlefront. I thought the story part was amazing, and I wish it was longer and... And if the voice acting and and the 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 whole thing was a great story, but it was too short, and that's why I'm I'm with you. I, when Jedi Fallen Order, I think although I have to I have to admit the the trailer didn't pull me in as much as I wanted to, but I'm going to buy it anyway, so it doesn't really matter what I saw.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. I wish we got to see gameplay footage because they yeah. didn't show us any of that. Um, but the trailer that they did show it was rendered inside the game engine. So that's actually what the game's going to look like, which is yeah. really cool. Um, but the idea that you're, you know, this Padawan that survived order 66 and um, you learn as you go. So you get better as time goes on and how much time you put in. Like, I love that idea because I hate the idea that you can buy things yes. like, Oh, you want to be the best at this? Just buy this. Like, yep. I love that you have to level up and put effort in. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a huge time suck for me, but yeah. I'm super excited to get back into games again because I would love to just be a Jedi. <laughs> I think,
1: yeah, I think it's going to be great. Cool. Well, so one thing I've been doing with this podcast is yeah. I've been trying to, uh, I had, uh, have you ever seen in, I'm sure you have inside the actor's studio with, uh, with uh, <laughs> James Lipton. You've seen that. Show, yes, yeah? I've seen yes. it,
0: but I just laughed because I thought of uh, Will Ferrell's impression of him, but yeah,
1: <laughs> well, you, you can't see it here, but I do have a three, foot high stack of cards that I, oh, <laughs> right. um, but what I, what I want to do, what I have is a uh, sort of a Bernard Pivot type of questionnaire, but it's star Wars related, all 10 nice. questions. So Love I'm going to throw them at you and I want to get your responses. So here okay. we go. What is your favorite star Wars movie, TV show, or book?
0: So I, it's a kind of a tie right now between TFA and a New Hope, which is funny because people always say that they're the same movie. I got to say, though, if put in front of me, I'd probably watch TFA. I love TFA. I watch it all the time. It's my go-to.
1: Excellent. What's your least favorite Star Wars <laughs> movie? To-
0: um, Attack of the Clones.
1: Attack of the Clones. I think that's safe. I don't know that a lot of people would disagree with you.
0: I just... I. I- The whole I got into this discussion, no joke, at like one thirty a.m. with James and John when we were at the celebration is like, I hate the Padme Anakin storyline. I can't get behind it that this strong woman that like runs governments and saves her people would be with someone like that. (laughs) And it takes me out of it because she's saying no the whole movie. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, let's kiss. And I'm like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, wait, like, how did that
0: happen? Two scenes yeah. ago, you were like, this isn't happening, bro. And now you're like, well, it's on now. And I'm like,
1: wait, what? <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, I, well, the problem for me is I get pulled out as soon as I go to that 1950s diner. That That's it for Dex's me. Dex's
0: diner. Yeah, yeah, and the writing's a little clunky. It's yeah. a little clunky, the dialogue.
1: Yeah, it should have been Obi-Wan's movie, but dang it, they just missed it. All right. I love Obi-Wan. Oh, he's he's great. I, I spe- oh, Ewan McGregor's just perfect. Anyway, he um is. Imperial or Rebel?
0: Oh, this is tough because I'm wearing an Imperial shirt right now. I feel like I'd be lying. Um, (laughs) It depends. Is Kylo Ren there? Because then bad guys. But if he's not, then good guys. Um, I like to say that if I was a Jedi, I would probably end up being Sith because of my anger. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) no, probably good guys because I'd want to do what's good for everyone.
1: All right. That's cool. You know, I have to say you're the first one to interpret Rebels as good guys and not Rebels, which is kind of interesting. Well,
0: they're fighting for, they're fighting for what's good. I... right, but at the same time, ugh, Last Jedi, they go into like, who's really the good guy? And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <It's a good laughs>
1: don't, decision. Make, don't, don't make me think about that. It's a two-hour movie. I'm here to have some fun and popcorn. I know, I know. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. So what's your favorite Star Wars sound effect?
0: Oh, we just talked about this the other day. Uh, probably TIE Fighters or the lightsaber itself lighting up.
1: Nice. Yeah, the TIE Fighter uh, that's that's gotta be mine. Just that that scream and Yeah, you know exactly what it is. Yeah. My my first uh Star Wars interview was with Ben Burt twenty years oh, ago.
0: So cool.
1: Cool talking to him. So Yeah, I'm...
0: they brought him back to do um B D one in uh Jedi Fallen Order. Oh they did. Awesome. Yeah, so the little droid that follows Cal around is done by Ben Burt.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well see now, as if I wasn't going to buy it anyway. <laughs> Speaking of droids, uh, R two or three PO? R two. Yeah.
0: And it I, it is depressing that we are not seeing enough R two in the sequel trilogy. That is, I think, my biggest crutch. For uh, the sequel trilogy is that we're not seeing enough R two.
1: I did see uh, in your in your podcast from the celebration where John, it was John that brought up, right, that uh, where's R2, and I was, couldn't agree more.
0: He's so right. He gets so offended by it.
1: <laughs> <He's> <laughs> so, so,
0: he gets so angry. I was like, you got Palpatine back. Calm down. Take a
1: seat. <laughs> <laughs> or at least his laugh. That's all we know for sure, yeah. right? Yeah. Um Okay, if you could own any spaceship or vehicle from Star Wars, what would you own?
0: Millennium Falcon.
1: Hands, now, Lando version or Han Solo version?
0: Han Solo version
1: take the clunker yes okay you got to pick one of these as your favorite porg ewok or jar jar
0: uh if it's ahmed best jar jar if it's an actual animal porg
1: <laughs> excellent uh if you could be any character in star wars who would it be and why
0: ray she's tough and eventually she's going to make out kylo ren so we all win <laughs> <laughs>
1: You are convinced, you Raylos. You're convinced it's going to happen.
0: No, I'm. That's a joke. But I would, <laughs> no. I would pick Ray, though, because then I wouldn't have to feel the emotional leverage of being a Skywalker. I would just be able to like just kick butt. Yeah. And I get to hang out with BB-8 and Finn and Poe all day. That's pretty awesome.
1: You can't beat that. Yeah, he cannot beat that. She's
0: also super smart with like mechanics and like engineering. It seems like. And that's something I'm terrible at. Like, I couldn't build things like she does. And I'd love to have that skill.
1: Excellent. All right. Original trilogy, prequels, or sequels? Where's your Where's your alliance?
0: <clears throat> uh, see, it's hard. Because if you're we talking, like, all three movies, I would pick original trilogy. If you're talking one movie, I'd pick TFA. Because I find tfa is way more rewatchable than the last jedi i find the last jedi makes me an EZ and depressed <laughs> so i can't re- i can't rewatch it the only thing i watch is the throne scene because it's so cool this is awesome then, yeah it's the coolest and then that's it because everything else is just so depressing that i'm watching the hero of my childhood die <laughs> um but yeah no probably original trilogy because it's one of those like nostalgic this is what made me who i am type
1: sets of movies Cool. You know, I I have one more question on this list, but I have to ask you because I'm kind of the same way with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And given the choice between watching Solo or Rogue One, which one do you pick?
0: Solo, hands down. Solo is so fun. Um, I watched it packing to go to Celebration, and then I watched it on the way home. uh, Or when I got home, I watched it again. And John, I have to give him credit, started Make Solo 2 Happen, the hashtag, and it's been a year, and we've gotten, you know, tweets from John Kasdan and the producers and Jonas used to the hashtag.
1: I saw that, yep.
0: Yeah, so we, I strongly believe in that movie, and I think it got such a bad rap because of how people reacted to The Last Jedi, which, not to divert too much, but for a quick second, like, I get why people don't like The Last Jedi. I understand it. It's... Because I came out of the first viewing of The Last Jedi feeling uneasy, feeling like something had just ended in my life. Like, it was this very, like, mournful moment. And I yep. remember sitting there with my friends and, like, being like, what did I just watch? Like, yeah, what I, just I, happened?
1: I went. I saw it the, the Thursday night with uh, a good friend of mine who we're, we always go see all the... The, the the geeky you movies the night they about. Oh, i saw it in jersey at a big giant uh what was it was town was it, was it lindhurst or something like that I oh i saw exactly it in the
0: Palisades.
1: oh you did okay that's what
0: i was asking yeah ah, so
1: we might have been there but i remember yeah. i walked out and we were both dead silent we didn't say a word to each other and then i finally broke the silence and said that was both both the best and worst star wars movie i've ever seen and it was because i felt like it was such a a great experiment and Right, risk taking, but I was like, I just don't know how I feel about it, and that's what made it the worst. Like I knew how I felt about every prequel and every, you know, the Force Awakens and everything mm-hmm. else. So mm-hmm. I, I knew I walked out with with a feeling, and this I was just like it, almost like hollow. It was strange, yes. but it's still a great movie. I think it's to me, it's it has drifted to become one of the best Star Wars movies because I think it's a good movie.
0: Yes, it's an excellent movie. My. The thing that kind of, like, rips my heart out is the Luke Skywalker thing. Yeah. Because it's never easy to see your heroes fail. And it's never easy to see your heroes make the wrong choices because you put them on this pedestal of, like, they're my hero. Um, and, you know, growing up with the original trilogy, and I'm s- assuming you're the same way. Yeah. Luke Skywalker is what drew me into Star Wars. The binary sunset scene is my favorite scene in Star Wars of yeah. all time. I mean, until I see nine. We don't know. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite scene because it's this—it's it, the story of this kid from nowhere that is looking to the horizon for something better, for adventure, for his belonging, for his what he's looking for in life. And as I've said, I feel like I said belonging like sixty times in this episode. <laughs> but it's one of those things that—that's what drew, like grabbed me and pulled me into Star Wars. So to see someone like that to find them years later on an island by themselves, living by themselves in this like guilt-stricken, angry, old man mood, it's depressing. And I get it. I understand why people feel the way they, they feel. Does it mean they can go attack people about it? No. But I understand the reaction to it and the emotional leverage it carries when you're like, wait, my hero isn't who he is? Wait, Luke Skywalker didn't save the day in The Return of the Jedi? Like, he, this is where he came to? That is supremely depressing. And that's why I think people had such a crazy reaction to it. Because the whole movie, they're leading you up to it, saying, you know the you gotta let the past go you got this isn't about them anymore you gotta let it go these are about the new characters you know the, the things change and you're like building up to that but then when it finally happens you're like but it's luke skywalker
1: yeah you know, I'm going to have to get you on. I'm, one of the things I'm planning is I want to have sort of a scholarly conversation. That sounds makes it sound like it'll be incredibly boring, <laughs> but like uh, because well, w- with a couple you people, just
0: used scholarly in the same sentence as me. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're doing a great job faking it if that's not the uh. case. But the uh, the uh, I, I want to get some people together with different opinions on Last Jedi and just do a conversation about it because I yeah. think there's uh, it, it's again it's my favorite and least favorite at the same time and and that's that's really an interesting thing because there's things about it that that it, there's such deep character study the way i i think i was talking yes. about it, i don't know who i was talking to about it but we were talking about how at the end of the day um i think i was talking to jason ward about it at yeah. the end of the at the end of the day i think the last jedi is a very small intimate personal movie in the in a series full of big epic stories yeah it guts you and we'll and we'll look back and it'll be like there was this big war happening, and then there was like two and a half hours of this little tiny story about these people and then end with big whatever however the it, the story ends but
0: yeah, I think it went from being like you know, TFA, which obviously Han dying is such a sad moment. And, and John ruined it for me forever. When he said we were watching it on the plane together, we like synced up our iPads. We were like, and press play. <laughs> um, and there was the moment at the end of the movie towards the end where Han and Chewie are in that thermal oscillator. Yeah. Uh, and he turns to Chewie and goes, okay, do every other uh, poll and then meet me back here. Here's the detonator. And John, like, grabbed my arm and he goes, that's the last thing he says to Chewie. Uh, and uh. I was like, you have ruined this movie for me. Because now I'm all, all I'm going to ever think about is how Han thought nothing was going to happen. That And it's also super depressing that I've asked this on Twitter before. Does Han know that Luke tried to, he didn't necessarily try, like, anything, but he was Thinking of killing his own son, of killing Han's son. I don't uh, think Han knew.
1: I don't think so either. And I think, I think the thing that makes that even harder, based on what you, you and John just went through, I think we all kind of knew in the theater that this is Han's not going to make it out of this. At least right. I did, because I, I Harrison was, doesn't want to be like, right. And I, I was like, <laughs> when is it going to happen? And like when he parts from Chewy, I remember when I saw the movie, and it's it's funny you said that because. It's going to sound like I'm saying this because of what you said, but no, no, no. I I had a feeling I was I didn't catch the phrase and was like that's the last thing i will say, but I was in my mind I was like I don't think he's coming back. I think this is it, and of oh, course God. that's what happens. It,
0: it, it kills me now, like. And TFA is like my go-to, and now I have to like look
1: look you have away. To watch that every time.
0: I have to look away <laughs> at that 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 line that at first meant nothing to me. I was like, oh, they're just going through the motions, and now John has put this weight to it that I'm like, oh god, this is gutting me. But anyway, <laughs> away from all this sad stuff, Yes, yeah, uh, solo positive. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> solo was amazing, <laughs> and I think that the TFA stuff or not TFA Last Jedi stuff really kind of put people in this this mode of like. I just watched my hero die and die alone, which is depressing in itself. Um, I need to take a break from Star Wars. And I think that's what some people said. Um, But then also, away from that, I don't think that there was enough marketing for it. Because just general public didn't really turn out for this movie. And then on top of that, Disney put it two weekends after Avengers. Yeah. So it was like Avengers, Deadpool, then Solo. I saw yeah. Solo three times in the theater, and I, <laughs> those theaters were never full.
1: I, I saw it four times the opening weekend, only because I have a lot of different friends that wanted sure, to see it. Sure, here, yeah. it, But I enjoyed it every freaking time. and it's, it's
0: so fun, and every time you watch it, you're like, he is Han Solo.
1: He does a great he job. He is. And it's the only Star Wars movie, the only one, you know, unlike you who screamed at, uh, at a <laughs> particular point. It's the only Star Wars movie where I audibly said, whoa, when Maul showed up. Yeah, because yeah, Maul yeah. has always been one of my favorite characters. And the way he showed up, I was like, oh, that's great. But the And I think this is Disney's challenge right now. Lucasfilm's challenge is you're putting the – or they were putting the uh, anthology stories – and the the one off stories out, and it's hard for the common fan, the average fan, who is eighty percent of the ticket buying top. To
0: right, public, right, yeah.
1: It's hard for them to understand. Well, so this Jin so, is she like Ray's mom or something? When does this? I thought the Death Star already exploded. <laughs> the How first question:
0: the, Ray's mom. <laughs> right,
1: right, exactly. But I when I walked out of out of Solo again with this. Nerdy friend of mine, Mm -hmm. he was like, Who doesn't watch Clone Wars or Rebels or anything? Was like, Wait a minute, how come Maul didn't he die? Yep, and I was like, All right, let me explain to you. So it's a challenge, and but the solo movie on its own is such a great I could that I can watch all the time, all the time,
0: yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, after watching TFA, Rogue One, and um, The Last Jedi in the theater. I have never had a bigger smile on my face than when Han Solo flew the Millennium Falcon in the Maelstrom and is like mowing down TIE Fighters and then Chewie takes his seat. I have never had so much fun. I had a permanent huge smile on my face where he's like... Uh, throw down the landing gear. Like I learned this from my friend needles and uh, he died doing this. And then he does <laughs> it. Like everything about that movie is just amazing. And then Infus nest at the end, like I love her. She's yeah. such a good character. And there's so much left to unpack about these characters that I would love to see a series. First of all, more than a movie because yes. it would give us more content. And I think there's more adventures that Han could go on. Um, but I saw the movie with John and we both left it being like that was awesome
1: yeah
0: um because outside of palpatine like han is john's guy he's like all about han solo and chewy specifically um so i went in that being like yeah han solo is great i left being a a total han solo fan and specifically an alden fan i think he was so good and he was so funny
1: Alden's not doing a lot of work right now, so he could probably handle taking on a series. I think that'd yes. be great.
0: And I love uh, Jonas too. He's so genuine and so awesome, and he just deserves all the happiness and success. And he can play Chewy as long as he wants, as far as I see it, because he's just that great.
1: I, I love it when the actors are as big of fans as, as yes. any. I've I've like John uh,
0: Boyega. John is a huge Star Wars fan.
1: Yeah, and even like uh, I've had a couple of uh, online conversations with Christopher Shaw, and I'm trying to get him on the show and and yeah. he's a he's a fan first it's yep. so cool yep. i love it all right so i have one last question here on, mm-hmm. on the list i've already taken up an hour of your time and i really appreciate it
0: oh i don't mind it's friday night let's <laughs>
1: <laughs> what else do <laughs> i do? i mean the fact yeah. that i'm doing a podcast on a friday night tells you where i'm at at this point well i'm right um, here with you <laughs> <laughs> um what is your go-to or favorite star wars quote quote
0: oh this i think this is the toughest one Because we do this game on our show called Who Are You, where we read out quotes, um, and then the other people have to guess what the quote is. And I always get them wrong.
1: Where the hell do you get those quotes from? Because I try to play along, and I'm like, I've nobody said that. Let's move on to the next one. And then
0: I Google them, and then they come up on IMDb, and then I'm like, oh, this must be legit. Well, they're not. And they always tend to be Padme quotes that are like totally wrong. Um, probably a yoda like do or do not there is no try or uh, may the force be with you oh, god this is a tough one there's just so many good lines um i'm trying to think if there's anything that like sticks out f- f- to me like line wise Ugh, i don't know i gotta get back to you on that one i don't know that's a tough one
1: oh god all right. When you think of it, you can tweet it at me, and and uh, and I'll I'll let you off this time. So.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm like blanking right now, and and I'm I'm not usually someone that blanks. I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> well, it's been uh, it's been a very emotional conversation about last year and, <laughs> and bringing Solo back. I, I, I know. understand. I understand. So, but uh, well, I want to just thank you for for taking the time to to. Uh, To talk to us and to talk to us, it's me. Uh, And uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you for taking the time to talk to me and and uh, and my listeners. And um, for the for the few that aren't familiar with you, where can they find you online?
0: Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Lacey Gillerin. Um they can also find me Monday and Thursdays on the Resistance broadcast the official podcast of Star Wars Newsnet.com. Um that Twitter handle is at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N so they post everything there um, and then you can follow me on Twitter and chat with me I usually answer if usually I mean like always yes I always answer
1: <laughs> <laughs> well excellent I hope to get you back on sometime and I appreciate I'd love it anytime Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Hopefully I'll have
0: quotes right then, next time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I'll have different questions for you then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Around the Galaxy. Thank you to Lacey Gillerin, and thank you for listening. If you had fun, please subscribe, like, share, rate us five stars, and review it. If you really liked it, please feel free to head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Galaxy. For about a buck a month, you could probably pay for Chewbacca's personal grooming. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ATGCast. And if you or someone you know would make a good guest, please drop us a line. Until next time, this has been Pete Fletzer, and we'll see you for our next trip around the galaxy. Around the Galaxy is copyright 2019 Pete in the Seat Studios. Our theme music is provided by the band Apollo's Ghost. Their new EP is available now on iTunes or wherever you buy music.